Uh, let's pray. How much better? I can hear. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to share your God, your word. I ask that you touch my mind and my heart, and that your Holy Spirit touches the minds and heart of all your people who are present here today and also at home and wherever they are. Be with them. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm, again, very happy to be here with you, Gather. Uh, this is not the first time I'm in this sanctuary. I've been, been uh, participating in different occasions on, on Portola Valley. I used to be the uh, campus director at Fuller Theological Seminary in Menlo Park. And uh, this church, Portola Valley, gave us the opportunity to have their last commencement uh, before we close campus at Fuller Menlo Park. So we have a big party here and the presence of God was incredible. So I was playing the piano, I was leading music, so I'm not totally strange to this sanctuary. Um, long time ago in my process of ordination as minister, I remember Pastor Mark being my spiritual leader and we gathered a couple times in this sanctuary to pray, to ask God what was his will in my life. And now, that was like about eight to nine years ago. And now I'm here preaching and being ordained. So this church and has a story with me. So thank you for the opportunity. This is a... This passage is a sad story. This is not a very cheerful one. A story that tells how sin can devastating and destructive when entering our lives. This passage is a story that reveals the ingratitude towards God and the arrogance of human, uh, human beings. Just to have a little context of this uh, passage of 2 Samuel 12, let's remember what happened with David. David was chosen by God, was anointed by God for being humble, loyal, a person with integrity, compassion, and just among other worthy qualities. God gave David the kingdom of Israel and appoint him king to administer justice and rights for all the people according to 2 Samuel 8.15. God gives him incredible victories. He defeated a lion, a bear, and then he defeated a giant when he was youth. And many wars he won when he became anointed king of Israel. According to the book of uh, Samuel, First uh, Samuel eighteen fourteen, God prospered David in all his ways, for the Lord was with him. But then we get to Second Samuel chapter eleven, and 
just as a metaphor, is the transformation of Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. From being the good guy, in one moment, he just turned to the dark side. The Bible says in uh, uh, chapter 11 that it was a springtime, and King David, I will use the title, King David command his officers to battle. They send, David sent them to, to the war. He decided to stay in the palace, in David's house, in Jerusalem, the, king, the house of the king. And one day he just get up from sleeping, he started walking, and from his roof, David, the king, saw this beautiful woman. And he just said, I want to meet her. He asked who was this woman was. They told him, you know, this is the wife of Uriah one of your soldiers, that right now he's in battle, he's fighting for you, for your country, for God. He asked to bring Bathsheba to him. And he sleep with her. Then, something weird happened. She got pregnant. And he doesn't know what to do. And he starts just making a plan, premeditating what I'm going to do. I'm supposed to be the, the leader. I'm supposed to be the good guy here. I'm supposed to bring justice and judgment to, this, to the whole kingdom. And now I make this mistake. Now how I cover it? The king summers Horiah from the front of the battle to start manipulating him, trying to buy him. The last resort he did was make him drunk. And the idea was to send him home to cover the pregnancy resulting from David's infidelity. But Horiah refused to go home, and this when King David ordered to kill Uriah. Once the soldier is killed in battle, David feels so okay and free, like, okay, the situation is solved. Let's do the correct thing and let's bring the woman to my kingdom, to my palace. And I will have the kid as my own. But in response to David's sinful attitude, through the prophet Nathan, God cursed the house of David. The first consequence being the child's death. Now, in this chapter, chapter 12, we can observe a power dynamic that had been abused by the king. David being in his privileged position of king, that day, when he saw uh, this woman bathing, he decided to satisfy his own wishes. He also used his privilege as a commander-in-chief 
to have an innocent person killed to cover his sins. Now, let me stop a little bit here and let's define privilege. Privilege is a, sp a special right or advantage or special immunity granted or available only to a particular person or a group. Now, the problem here is not the privilege, but it is the abuse of that privilege. The problem was that no, was not that David was king or commander or chief. The problem was that he forgot who he was and used that God-given privilege for his own benefit. We see the prophet Nathan in verse 7 and 8 reminding him of that. And then God said to him, I provide you everything. I give you everything. Literally, I give you everything. Why? Why do you choose to do that? You know, sometimes that makes us uh, ironic. Sometimes that's what happened to us as Christians when something bad happened to us. And we look to, the, to heaven and say, why God? Why, why me? Now it's God saying to David, Why? I mean, I cannot understand. If I give you everything, if you were the king, and you, I give you a house, why do you just choose to do a, something wrong, something so bad? And it's just not the adultery. It's not just being with that woman. But the, the change of later consequences seems lying, killing, just to cover, to be a secret. What happened to David? He forgot who God was? Family, friends, today we are living in a reality of privilege. In this reality, the abuse of power is undeniable, as they were in the time of King David. Now, in this chapter, chapter 11, it's clear the human reaction that goes against God. That action in human nature that goes against God is to forget who we are and what we have received from God. In other words, not, not to be thankful. Losing, losing the notion of gratitude for what we have received from God can lead us to arrogance and even to a false entitlement. For given who we are in Christ and how he has blessed us is the path to vanity. A selfishness, arrogance, and greed add to privilege can be problematic. Once again, arrogance and greed add to privilege can be problematic. As this passage shows, I mean, what Nathan, the prophet illustration, is showing, and what happened with King David. 
That's the behavior that changed, resulting from forgetting the word of God. Verse 9. Why you forgot the word of God? Why you forgot what he did for you? The Apostle John notes that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In other words, the favor of God will be with you. The blessing of God will be with you if you accept this bread of life that is in Jesus Christ. That's a privilege. That's God being with you, providing with you in the same way he was with David. If God provides David with the bread of life, with blessings of the promise that he will never, he will always have everything, he will be, uh, God will provide everything to him, why did David seek his own bread? Thus, disregarding the privilege and the blessing that God gave him. Friends, God has poured in or, uh, out his blessing of each and, each and one of us. We are saved because of the bread of life, which is in Jesus Christ. He gave us the privilege of being called sons and daughters of God. Now the question is, how are you using that privilege to reflect the God, God's love to other people? Are you using it, your privilege, for your own satisfaction and using other people? To tell the truth, giving up privilege is not an easy task. It's not an easy thing, especially if the person who has that privilege has also a position of power. Let's just take a look in a great example of a person who denied his privilege to do the right thing. If you open your Bible on 2 Samuel chapter 11, We'll see in, in verse 8. Never mind. Let's go to verse 6 on chapter 11, 6 of Samuel. So David sent this word to Joab. Send me Uriah. And Joab sent him to David. Verse 7. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how... Joab was, how the soldiers were in, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the place, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the palace with all his master servants and did not go and did not go down to the house, to his house. When David was told Uriah did not go home, he asked him, haven't you just come from a distance? 
Why did you not go home? Uriah said to David, The ark, which is the presence of God, and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my pastor Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open fields. How could I go to my own house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? I surely, as you live, I will not do such a thing. What a wonderful example of denying privilege. He had that privilege. The king just said, go home, enjoy. Enjoy. I will give you a gift. I don't know what, what kind of gift he you know, David, King David gave to Uriah, but it was something big just to manipulate him to go home. But this man showed more loyalty to God because he said, the ark, and when the ark is the ark of the covenant, meaning the presence of God, my God is first, then Israel and Judah, then my country, and then there is all my fellow soldiers, my friends, how they are sleeping in the cold, and you want me to go home and be there? No. Thank you, but no thank you. That's when somebody denies a privilege. And then the word of God, the, that word of Jesus that said, you want to follow me, what he says, deny yourself. Take your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take that privilege and just close your agenda and follow mine. But David has a different agenda. God calls each of us to examine our lives our lives and consider if we are truly being grateful for his blessing and contribution to the growth of the kingdom of God or we are in the path of selfishness in a search of satisfaction. After being confronted with his sins, David reconsidered and decided to repent of his wrongdoing. The prophet Tell the truth to, to Nathan. They said, God says this, and he just said everything to David. But here something special happens. And this is the this is the hope and our faith and what makes this sermon not so too bad and kinda with a happy ending. And that is that repentance can restore the relationship with God. In this story, we can see King David drunk with power, which prevents him from understanding what the prophet Nathan told him in the story. He was blind with pride. He responded to the prophet with arrogance. He gave judgment. Without realizing it, he condemned himself. Remember in the story, he said, that man has to die. He just condemned himself. Yet the prophet placed him in the tragic reality of his sin. 
Nathan, Nathan presents him with God's message, with urging him to repent. Now David, in his delusion of grandeur and power, drunkenness, his heart is still humble. And this is the, what makes David very special to God. Without excuses, accepting full responsibility for the situation, David do not fight, nor does he argue. He does not make excuses or blame anyone else. This passage, this passage tells that David recognized his wrongdoing. And he was so in shock that the only thing he just said was, I have sinned against the Lord. It's still good in his heart. The humility is what makes David so special. David listened, acknowledged, and changed his attitude. That's something that we call in, and I was in Stanford in the program of clinical pastoral education, action, reaction, new action. Action, reaction, new action. You make a situation, make something good or bad, but then you, you make a reaction. What I did it? What happened? And then you make a new action. David went to the same theory, same protocol. He listened to the, to the prophet. Then he acknowledged what he did, and then he changed attitude. Friends, making mistakes are unavoidable. As human beings, we are constantly exposed to make mistakes, to sin. But to reflect, to repent, and improve will depend on us. It looked like a very short apology for David, right? In, in verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. However, we have a beautiful confession prayer from David on Psalm 51. I will invite you, if you can open your Bible, on Psalm 51. And this is David asking forgiveness to God because of this situation. David said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blow out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. And he proceeds looking for the God forgiven in the rest of the psalm. But these first five verses, you can see the heart of David. He repents. Nathan say, God forgive you, and you're not going to die. 
There will be consequences. God is not going to take the consequences. But you're not going to die. Because he loves you. Because God is merciful. And yeah, you make a mistake. No, let me rephrase. You make a huge mistake. You did wrong in many ways. In many forms. And yet, you will humble and repent and say, I did what I did. It was wrong. Forgive me, God. David sincerely expressed his repentance to God for his sins in, the ter- in this terrible situation. 1 John 1.9 says, if we, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Clean us from all the unrighteousness. Long time ago, I used to work at Stanford uh, Shopping Center. I spent like 10 years working that mall in different positions. I was a, uh, I work in a restaurant there. I, I work in Macy's. So I work in different places for 10 years at Stanford Shopping Center. But there was this little shop. We were selling very unique items, very pricely items. And I remember that I, I started working there and I started getting the, uh, you know, the confidence of my bosses. And one day they gave me the key of the, of the store. So I will be responsible to close the store every night, count the money and put everything away. So I have that responsibility, that privilege. So I remember at Christmas time, almost in the end of, the, uh, of, the, of December, before Christmas, the owners start giving gifts to the employees. And I remember I didn't receive anything. I was so mad. I was angry. In my mind, I said, why? why? They give me a key. I'm closing the store every night. I'm doing this for them, and they don't give me nothing. And while I was thinking about this, I was putting all the merchandise away, putting the stocks, and then I figured out, I find out something, that the inventory, the digital inventory was wrong, what we have already on, on stock. So we have more product that was showing the digital inventory. So immediately my mind was like, okay, now is my time, now is my opportunity. I will start taking things. Nobody's going to know. I'm the only one here with the key to close the, the store. So they don't want to give me my uh, nothing, Christmas gift. Okay, I will take my Christmas gift. And I started stealing. So I remember I started taking, ooh, look, this one. Oh, another one. This is not in the computer. And I started giving my, putting my, my little pile of things. In my mind, in that moment, was like, you're right. You know, this is justice. But then, my heart starts just to pump. And then I hear the voice of God and the Holy Spirit. No, that's not right. Don't do it. But 
And the other side, like, yeah, but I can do it. Nobody's going to see me. I have this privilege that I'm by myself. No, nobody's going to know. And I have put everything. I remember the, the counter, the computer, and I put everything ready just to go. And I start sweating. There was this internal fighting. Five minutes before night, I was about to put everything in a bag and go. But I couldn't do it. I immediately, just to take out the temptation, I call the main office and I say, okay, I found these items that they are not in the digital uh, inventory. I just want to let you know that this, 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 this is not there. I give you the numbers and everything. And I remember I took everything and I put it away, saying, in the name of God, I will not do this. I get out of the store and I said, God, please forgive me because I was weak, because I was angry, and I was about to do something that will, if they find out, they will just be the worst for me. As soon as I finish that prayer, I feel this relief. It's hard. It's difficult. But you have the power to make the right choice. You have the power if you're in a privileged position to make the right choice. If you're in a position of power, you have the right choice, you have that decision. This is a story that teaches how God fearing men with an upright heart turning into a sin in, a, in, a, in one moment in a day. A man who God recognized for his spiritual fruits. He began to bear but the fruits of the flesh. For a moment, David became drunk with power. He not only became an adulterer and a murderer, but also became manipulated, disloyal. He became an objective objectifier, losing his empathy and respect for the lives of other people. Today, the word of God calls us to be attentive to our own feelings, to have this self-awareness, and to reflect on the impact we can have on other people. But above all, we have to remember the benefits of God and the gift of life that we have, that he gave us through the bread of life, that is Jesus. And to finish this sermon, I was just to share with you what David wrote later on Psalm 103. You want to open your Bibles in Psalm 103. This is what David wrote, so he never forgot his lesson. He says, praise the Lord, O my soul. O my most being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you, and crowns you with love and compassion? 
who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse, uh, verse 10, I mean 8. The Lord is compassionate and, gra and gracious, is low to anger, abounding in love. Verse 10, he does not treat us as our sin deserve or repay us according to our in iniquities. Verse 22, praise the Lord, all his work, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, all my soul.